Welcome to For Real Conversations, a podcast discussing the heartwarming and sometimes challenging world of life with our pets. I'm Lauren, a clinical animal behaviourist, and I'm going to embark on a journey to have honest conversations, discuss realities and share stories of the joy, love, occasional chaos, and let's be honest, sometimes stress and anxiety that our fairy friends bring into our lives. When it comes to our pets, the conversations here are for real. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of For Real Conversations. I'm very excited to be joined by Lucy Hoyle today. Lucy is also a clinical animal behaviourist who works solely with cats and their owners. She's recently published a book called The Book Your Cat Wishes You Would Read, which you can find on Amazon. I've just finished it and it's a fantastic read full of interesting, actionable and useful information to help you understand your feline friend and tips to give them the best life possible. Today, we're going to be chatting about life in a home with more than one cat. So, this episode is for you if you've already got a cat and you're toying with the idea of adding another to the household or you've already got more than one cat. So I want to start off with asking you a question, which I am well aware does not have a black and white answer, but I would absolutely love to get your thoughts on it. Are cats sociable animals and are they happy living in a household with more than one cat? Oh, I love that question. I love that you've started with that um, because, but yeah, it is a very long, there's a potentially a very long answer. Um, so cats have been descended from a solitary species. So everyone thinks that cats are solitary and they have that reputation of being like, well, they're solitary animals. So yes, they want to be by themselves, but they live with dogs. They live with plenty of other species. So the evidence is they are actually sociable. Um, so what's basically happened is that over time they have become more sociable. But what you'll find now is that cats are as a species, they have the potential to live in lots of different social situations. So there's plenty of cats living solitary lives that don't have any um, dependence on people at all. They hunt for their own food and they live by themselves and that's that. Um, there's cats living in colonies where they don't have much to do with people either. And then there's cats that live in cities and towns where they inter- intermix with people, but they don't actually live with people. So that's like your street cats and your community cats and um, those that live on farms and that sort of thing. Um, who they're sometimes fed by people, but they don't, you know, live with them. Yeah. Um, of course, there's other pet cats who live in our ha- houses and sometimes other cats. So as a species, they're quite flexible in terms of where they can go um, and who are, who they live with. But as an individual, they usually have quite unique um, and specific requirements. So not every cat will be suited to each of those living situations they are flexible but once you get one in your house then you need to figure out what those their specific needs are okay yeah that's a really interesting answer and as I said yeah I, I didn't know it's not a black and white thing <laughs> for yeah. sure and um, so have you got any examples of situations where you find maybe it, it works really well or is it in your kind of opinion a really purely individual there's definitely some cats that flat out refuse to live with others. So if you get one of them in your hands, I was often work with people who say like, oh yeah, she's always hated other cats. Like she sees another cat out the window and she flies off the handle and she can't cope. But then they get another cat and you think the signs are there that she wasn't going to be happy with that. But generally there are sort of criteria that you can meet what, that help cats live together um, and sort of figure out what those are. We can look at colonies that live like they choose to live together. They don't, they're not put together by us, but they still share, 
like the same area, they hunt in the same places. And, you know, you might see farm cats that like rub, against, rub up against each other and sleep in the same um, areas and things. So we can look at their relationship and sort of transfer that to our houses. So free living cats, they'll only stay in the colony if there's tons of food to go around and tons of places to sleep and so their resources are not limited and they don't feel like there's any competition there um okay. we need to transfer that into our house so if like it's often quoted like cats shouldn't feed them together because there's competition there and they feel like yes the person is putting down enough food so there is it technically enough to go around but the cat's perception is that they're competing for that because all the food's in one place everyone's coming down at the same time and it's like ah, okay who's going to get the food if we think about free living cats and their perception is, okay, there's tons of food to go around. We, if we can help our cats feel that way, then it can really reduce tension and help them share a lot easier. Um, so feeding them separate or if the cats are free fed, then multiple bowls of food around can be helpful because they can have some, you know, if one bowl's cats eating from one bowl, then they can go and eat from the other one. So that sense of competition sort of disappears. And beds and resting areas as well as another like massive source of potential stress in an old cat household because if there's one really good sleeping area which is like the top of a cat tree or the owner's bed then that can become a real source of tension so it's about sort of doubling up or tripling up on those really attractive places to sleep um, and then again that can really reduce tension and help cats think okay great you can have that cat tree I'll have this one and then the tension disappears. Yeah that makes total sense I suppose some people listening might be thinking or oh, that sounds like maybe quite a bit of work or something like I'm going to end up with say you know litter trays everywhere and beds everywhere and food bowls and um, kind of where would you say like the balance is between what, what's kind of like the ideal while obviously respecting the fact that people might ne not necessarily want their living room just covered in cat <laughs> resources yeah and that's a really good question as well because that's something that I come across quite frequently working with clients who are having issues with their cats um, and I think that a cat generally has the reputation of being very low maintenance and you don't really need to give up much of your house or your time or your routine to meet their needs so like with, if you're getting a dog you know you're gonna have to train it you know it's gonna have to like be taken for a walk or taken out for a wee and those sorts of things whereas a cat people feel like sometimes they can just have the cat in the house put some food down and the cat will sort itself out, especially if it can go outside to toilet and things. So it can be hard to find that balance. Um, but I, I would say if you're already having issues, so if your cats are fighting um, or they might be toileting where they shouldn't or they're showing some sort of behaviour problem, then a very good idea would to then be step in and up, up all their resources to try and um, meet those needs because it can be the competition between them that is causing them to toilet somewhere say so I don't want to share the same litter tray as that cat or I can't get outside because the other cat's sitting in front of the cat flap so it's not easy for me to do that so I wouldn't say every cat owner has to follow the rule of you know um, one litter tray per cat plus an extra one for choice which is like the general recommendation not every cat owner probably needs to do that but if you are seeing signs that there's issues, then that's a good rule to follow. And whenever I go into someone's house and they've got like four cats, but you can't see any cat tree and you can't see anything, I always say like, you've got four cats, so your house should look like you've got four cats. So there should definitely be plenty of everything. It's, yeah. It is hard to get that balance. That makes a lot of sense, definitely. Yeah, I think it's a, a tricky one because I suppose if, you, if you've got that many cats, then yeah, you need to, to some degree, accept that and have the 
the resources available that they need. That makes total sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what, in your expert opinion, what are the main signs that people should look out for that might indicate that their cats are maybe struggling living together? You know, is it always really obvious or are there kind of more subtler signs at times? So if you're experiencing really obvious problems, so like um, full-on fighting, fur flying, proper like aggression, then probably quite far down the line in terms of how like how long it's taken to get there. There's probably been a lot of problems leading up to that point. So um, in that situation, it's definitely worth getting some help in or um, finding some good advice in terms of trying to help them get along. Um, but yeah, there are lots of subtle behaviours that you might see that indicate that, mm, okay, they're not quite getting along so well. So that could be like cats, have, they're territorial. So they like to have the territory to themselves a lot of the time or feel like they've got control over the things in their territory. So you might notice things like cat, one cat sitting in front of the litter tray so that the other can't, cat can't get there. Or sitting in doorways or the stairs is often a, a, a common place for tension. So one cat will just like lie sideways across the stairs so the other cat then feels like they can't get past. So you might not notice that there's anything really happening because it can look very nonchalant. You can see in the other cat's behaviour that they're anxious to get past and they're sort of hesitating and there's these sorts of behaviours that make you think, mm, okay, perhaps things aren't great between them because they don't feel like they can confidently pass each other in those sort of tight areas. Um, and I would also look for behaviours that, or like the absence of good behaviour. So cats that are snuggling up together, um, actually in the same bed, and they might be grooming each other and spending time together, then these are all really good signs. Um, but I feel like it's actually quite rare to get cats that do that, really, especially if they're introduced as adults. So um, if you look at their behaviour as a whole and you're seeing no negative behaviours but also no positive behaviours, I'd say that's fine. Like totally ignoring each other and living separate lives in the same house is actually quite a good outcome because they're fine to do that. They're like housemates rather than family. So um, I think that's still a happy outcome and it's quite difficult to find a household where you haven't got that and you've got cats that absolutely love each other and yeah wouldn't be apart you've normally got yeah just living your own lives and doing your own thing and that's totally fine what would you say because I always think back to a case I used to uh, cat sit years ago so I used to go into people's houses and feed their cats when they were on holiday and there's one case of there's two cats living together and they always stick really well in my mind because these two cats both had individual problems so one of them caused their owner a lot of stress because she constantly had urinary tract infections and she would um, pee kind of like on the sofa and on the bed and they were kind of always having to try and fight getting medication into her and it was kind of this ongoing battle of her really struggling and toileting inappropriately and then they had this other cat who was complete opposite and was quite a confident cat but would spend a lot of time out of the house and would disappear for days on end and that cat equally caused the owner a lot of stress because she would just disappear off and the owner didn't, didn't know where she was and why she wasn't coming back but from what I remember the owner kind of treated those as very separate problems but looking back I wonder if there might have been actually an element of tension between the two cats because the cats definitely weren't 
weren't bonded. I would say they were definitely tolerating each other in the house. So could could stress around that have led to their individual problems in your opinion? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's really interesting um, to discover like the dynamics between cats because you'll never find two that are exactly the same case. There's always sort of extenuating factors that are impacting on the cat's behaviour. So um, definitely tension between cats can increase stress and stress can either, if you've got a cat with outdoor access, can cause them to be like, do you know what, I would like my own bed. I'd like to be out of this situation where it's stressful and I'm not getting on with the other cat here. So I'll head out and see what other potential homes might be available or just spending time out there doing cat things, um, hunting, playing, doing all those things. Um, but if, if she was disappearing for a few days at a time, then I imagine she's probably found on someone else's bed to snuggle up on. And likewise, their susceptibility to cystitis and urinary tract infections and all those horrible things. So definitely that is another risk. And if we were looking at that household and ha- where, where we can reduce stress, then probably optimising their relationship and changing the environment to suit a two-cat household would probably have done some good in both of those problems and that the other cat might think oh, okay great I can hang around a bit more and hopefully the societies would have sort of well it needed medical retention surely but also it wouldn't hopefully would not have flared up so much the problem with societies is it's like exacerbated by stress but then having it is stressful so it's just a horrible cycle of being like oh, I can't snap myself out of this horrible cycle of UTIs but uh, yeah definitely over stress relief can really help with so many different problems yeah, I, th- I think it's really interesting because just looking back, I remember how the owner was very focused on each individual cat and now kind of looking looking back at it, I think, oh, I wonder what might have happened if kind of been able to address it as more of a whole household thing. I think it would be really, really interesting. So I think these things do have, well, they do take their toll, don't they, when you're living with a cat that is struggling with, you know, if they're being really aggressive with one another or showing signs of stress as we said by toileting inappropriately or you know disappearing it they're all just really stressful things to live with aren't they and from your kind of experience and working with people how do you find that it it affects the relationship between people and their cats oh it can be yeah it can be really overwhelming to to have to deal with two cats that don't get along um, but if you're dealing with like low level aggression then it's easy to overlook it like if it's just like I say blocking access to resources or like the odd chase here and there then it's easy to think like well they're fine most of the time but there are these moments the problem there is that the cats can then suffer from chronic stress which in a way is more problematic than like a fight or an issue that's then over because um, obviously there's just no escape from that and it's just an ongoing problem. Um, but if you've got a massive problem on your hands, so people often come to me to say, I, I got a new cat a couple of months ago, it's all gone to part, we're having to keep them separate every time they get together, they're fighting. And it has a massive toll on their relationship, like their general relationship. So the person's relationship with the cat, they've obviously, with a new cat, fallen in love with that cat most of the time so it's not a case of just like well you shouldn't have done it so get rid Mm. of that cat because they already like have bonded yeah they feel so much guilt for the first cat because they're like oh I bought this cat into your home and you didn't want that so now you're having to deal with this issue and it just makes you feel horrible and feel really guilty for that Um, and then it can have an impact on that person's relationship with the other people they live with especially if they don't get on and often if I see um 
if I go to see a family and the children really want to keep the cat, but the parents are thinking it's not the best thing, then obviously there's so much like potential for fallings out and upset and just really challenging situations within the family. So it definitely has a massive effect on somebody's well-being. And it really is that by the time they've reached out to me and they're like, I don't know who else to turn to, please can you come and help me? Then they're often um, at the end of their rope. Yeah, that's a really good point that it, it, it goes really beyond just the cat and the like maybe one owner. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the family dynamics can be really, really stressful. And yeah, it's it's interesting that you say maybe people have to think about rehoming one of the cats, which is obviously most people's, you know, I can imagine that's last resort in most cases. How often would you say that is is the answer or are there is there lots of people can do before having to reach that point in some cases you see and you just know that it's not going to work out so if there's any like serious injuries like blood being drawn then I would say that that's probably a sign that it's not really fair to even engage with the program to like get them to the point where they're okay because that's going to be stressful even if it gets a successful outcome so if there's a risk to that degree where cats are actually getting hurt then I would probably um, say this is probably a sign that it's not going to work um, however very rarely comes to the point where we're rehoming and if it does then we've tried everything so it's like um, we've tried separating and reintroducing we've tried optimizing the environment doubling up on all the resources getting them together and um, managing their behavior so keeping one occupied while the other one's there and really like helping to facilitate them to get on okay then hopefully once you go through all something will work like sometimes it's not clear what that will be because the cats have different needs and we don't know um what what the issues are until we get started so I think once you've really tried everything and I mean like with someone who can help to support you through that rather than just googling a list of what will help because people say I've tried everything I've tried everything and it's like yeah but we haven't really got to the root of the problem and then tried Mm -hmm. everything once you get to that point, if it's still not working, then sometimes it's best for everyone to be like, this cat will probably be happier in another home and you will probably feel better once you're out of this situation as well. Even though it can be a really, really hard situation, like a decision to make. So you think, in your opinion, it's definitely worth sticking it out. So maybe people are given advice in the first instance and that doesn't doesn't necessarily work. It doesn't mean that their their case isn't going to have a good outcome. It's just just more of a case of that they need to keep working with someone, keep addressing different areas and really actually kind of stick with it and kind of work with the professional to kind of get determine when is the time to, you know, maybe decide it's really not going the way they wanted and make the tough decisions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that it's important to be realistic and to aim, like if we're just aiming for cats to get along and just basically ignore each other then that's not such a massive ask then ask like expecting them to be best friends snuggled up together and things um and this is a problem with people that like have a bonded pair and one is lost like one might have passed away and they think okay we need to get another one in to fill that gap because that's massively problematic situation where the guilt you feel yeah nice cat doesn't like the new addition and then you think oh no i've done all the wrong things and but it is it is worth sticking at it if you just think of it in that way and that like, okay, we just want them to live happily, live their own lives happily in the same house. Um, because it's not easy to be home either. What would you say if someone's, say, had a, a 
situation like we've been talking about and maybe things just haven't worked out and I've had to make the really difficult and probably quite traumatising decision to rehome their cat. If they've had to make one of those really difficult decisions and they may be thinking that they would like to have another pet again in the future, but they may be worried that the same thing is going to happen again, what would you say to them then? So there's there's plenty of things to consider. Um, but I think the main thing is like if they've got a cat already, then it's thinking about that cat first off and what do they need? So if you know in your heart of hearts that your cat isn't going to get on with any other cats, then perhaps bringing in another cat isn't such a great idea just to avoid it happening again. But if you know that it was just that other individual that they didn't get on with, you know, they, their temperaments clashed and it wasn't a good match, then it is not a great, like it's not a bad idea to bring in another if you want one. But I would think don't get one for this cat's sake, get one for your own sake. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want another cat, then that's okay. We can explore it. But bringing in another cat to the household, unless you've got like a kitten that's desperate for someone to play with, and you bring in another kitten, <laughs> then I can't think of any other situations where bringing in a new cat helps. So make sure that that cat is, that's what you want rather than you doing it for other reasons you think it might help. Um, and then it's about finding a good match for your individual that you have. So if you've got a super, super nervous cat, then maybe one that's a bit more on the timid side and um, lacking in confidence in a similar way might be a good match because they're not going to bother each other and hopefully there won't be much tension. Um, whereas bringing in like a super confident cat that's going to like want to play loads or might want to control the territory a bit more, then that's, your first cat's going to find that quite problematic. So um, it is really hard to do to find like a matching temperament. And also, there's no like set guidelines either. So it's about doing your, like spreading your, your feelers out and finding the right companion for your your house and like if you've got children make sure that cat's suit, suited to living with children you know they've, they've been socialized with kids and they're happy with kids if you've got a dog then the same make sure that they're um, going to be okay living beside another dog and things um so it's just really putting that time in to find a good match for your household not rushing the decision and yeah. but equally yeah yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense and I think it's again not never a black and white answer is there there's just so much to consider and again that's something people can seek support with if if they need to because sometimes it's just handy having a fresh set of eyes look at your situation and say well have you maybe considered this or maybe you want to think about this instead is is really useful there also needs to be a very gradual introduction as well so it's making sure that people have the time and the space to put that in so make sure you've got a spare room that you can put your new cat in and then get started with the introductions rather than just bringing them in and just seeing what happens and um, watching something hopefully good unfold, but potential is that it might go pear-shaped and then it's sort of done and dusted and gone got off to the wrong, on the wrong foot. Yeah, I think a very common approach is oh, we'll just leave them to get on with it and see what happens, which is, yeah, that's it, it can be very tricky, can't it? Because if it, like you said, if it goes wrong, it's much harder to then fix it, isn't it, than actually just taking the time in the first place. But having said that, I think it's easy to get caught up in the moment, isn't it, when you bring home a new cat and maybe you're introducing two cats together or a cat to a dog or or whatever. It's it's really easy to get caught up in the moment and just want to to get on with it and have the kind of situation that you imagine in your head. But actually it's the more thought you put into it, the 
usually <laughs> the better outcome. Yeah, definitely. And I think cats, they, they like their environment to be consistent and, and steady. And if you bring in a new cat, suddenly it's changed immediately and it's gone from like 0 to 100 where they're like, ah, a minute ago, it's just me. And now what is happening? There's a new cat here. I'm not okay with this. Uh, so if you've got a kitten, they'll be exciting and they'll want to chase the other cat and they'll be like difficult to be around for an older cat. So a gradual introduction just like hints at the idea that there's another cat in the house and takes it really slowly and is like, so how are you coping with this? So there's another cat in this spare room and it's not bothering you and it's fine. And I found that with the foster that I had. So she, we had to keep her in the conservatory because we have no spare room. So it was a glass wall between the conservatory and inside the house. So I covered it over with wrapping okay. paper. This was my like botched idea. Covered it over with wrapping paper. And then my cat put his claws into the wrapping paper and ripped it all down. Oh no. And suddenly they both saw each other and they hissed each other. And I was like, oh my God, I've totally like, this has all gone to part. And they hissed each other. Um, like it was nothing more than that because obviously the glass door was closed, but yeah. it was a great big kiss. Um, but then later, they like a few, like, probably like a week or so on, there were like little rips appearing in the paper because my cats were like, like tentatively hooking the paper down and they were okay with that. And so eventually, like when the paper was like gradually coming down, they were like, oh, okay, it's not such a shock. She's in there. I'm in here. She's minding her own business and I'm minding my own business. And it was like a really gradual introduction, even though it's exactly the same, they're just seeing each other through the glass. But it was just like a hint at there's another cat there rather than just all of a sudden paper it down and like ah there's a cat there so it's sort of like following that same logic but in your own household um which is different for everyone because everyone's got different setups and everyone's got a different cat um but I really feel like gradually is the way forward because if I'd have opened that door the first time it would have gone to pot and they would have hated each other but if I'd have opened it a little like a week or so on once we've done that little like sneak preview through the rips in the paper it probably would have gone a lot better that makes total sense. And it just gives you time to kind of analyse the situation, really, doesn't it? So you yeah. can get to know the new cat and also watch your previous cats and figure out how they're kind of individually dealing with it before having to figure that out while also trying to manage yeah. cats that are maybe, yeah, doing kind of their natural thing. And, you know, that might be, that might go really well or it could be reactive. And that's, that can be difficult to manage if you've got two cats fighting to, have to deal with that in the situation that's not something that's fun to face in in any situation is it so definitely not and you lose control so quickly like if one chases the other what do you do like you can't get to them because they'll be super quick and if your door's open they'll fly up the stairs or whatever like it will just very quickly get quick like out of hand with cats we have like a secret weapon like we have the scent because they like recognize each other by scent they recognize their territory by scent so they'll be marking their territory by face rubbing and all these things so if you bring a new cat in suddenly then obviously it's a big shock it's not okay whereas like when you've got a cat in a separate room then you'll presumably be spending time both sides and you can then gradually introduce that cat scent so again it's like a really low pressure way of being like of them meeting because you're like okay, this is the scent of the other cat and they'll be picking up on each other's and that's a lot easier for them to process than suddenly being with another cat and able to be chased or interacted with. So um, so that again, keeping them separate for that initial period can give you that opportunity to introduce their scent first and be like, just going to gradually ease this cat into the household rather than just full-blown, she's in and she's doing her own thing. 
there's lots of really good, I think, tips for for people there. And so finally, to finish off, what would your kind of take home message be if someone is in a situation where they've, they've got two cats and they are either really, really struggling or, or feeling that their cats are really, really struggling? What would your your advice be for kind of first first steps? I think really I would advise them to encourage your cats to be apart rather than forcing them to be together because I think that just sounds so logical but um, people will like feed their cats treats together and get them to like put them in the same room and try to get them to be friends whereas I think that just makes them makes cats sound like super stubborn but it like does the opposite and they don't want to be that close together they want to be by themselves so um so set up two separate territories if you need to, like one upstairs, one downstairs, or one in the living room, one in the kitchen, like however you want to work it. But um, each area has a full set of resources. So a food station, a water station, a litter tray, plenty of places to sleep and hide. And so that they, you're giving them an opportunity to avoid each other. So when they do cross paths, then it's because they're, they want to go into the other area. So they're up for that rather than just like forcing them to stay in the same room because that's the only comfortable place to sleep or that's the only place to eat. Whereas then they're just not going to be open to making that relationship and um, tensions will rise. So if we encourage them to be apart, then when they do meet, then they're both going to be more amenable to that and uh, open to that. But I hope that makes sense. That does, absolutely. No, that's, that's some really valuable advice. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for For Real Conversations. I'd love to learn more about the experiences you've had with your pets. So message me on social media or drop me an email to let me know what conversations you want to hear. If you'd like to learn more about me and my dog or cat behaviour support options, you can head to my website, wagonpairpetbehaviour.co.uk. I'll be back soon to continue these for real and honest conversations. So until next time, remember... It's okay to take things one paw at a time.